It's the Raji Rabbit Podcast. Yo, what's up? Welcome back to the Raji Rabbit Podcast. This time, I'm on the road. That's right, we're uh, with BPM Supreme and Roland on the workshop tour, uh, visiting eight cities in total this winter to demo a new controllers by Roland. And during part of this tour, I stopped off at Chicago and was able to link up with my good friend Matt Boy White. You can check him out on Instagram and make sure you follow him. He is an awesome DJ, and if he's coming to a town near you, you gotta go out of your way to check out his sets. He has amazing sets, uh, super fun guy, and uh, very knowledgeable about the Chicago scene. We get to uh, spend some time and uh, record a podcast interview. I got to talk to Matt Boy White and talk to him about Chicago, the music scene, a uh, little bit of what's going on there. Um, in the uh, in the world of Chicagoans, so that you kind of get an inside look at uh, the reality of Chicago from somebody who is uh, born and raised in Chicago. So, Matt Boy White, awesome interview. Uh, so thankful that he took the time to uh, sit with me while I was in Chicago. I'm actually recording this in Colorado right now, the open to this show, uh, and I'm heading out tomorrow to go to Philadelphia. So. Uh, the tour rolls on. Hopefully I get some more guests on the road to bring them to you as well. So here we go. Without further ado, enjoy this interview with Matt Boy White, awesome DJ from Chicago. All right. Welcome back to the Raji Rabbit podcast. I have a special, special guest today, Matt Boy White. What up? Matt Boy White. And I'm in his hometown right now. I'm in Chicago. The best city in the entire world. Yeah, and we're America's finest city in San Diego. So since finest, <laughs> since that's their slogan, and is it says finest and not technically the best, I will concede that point. I've been trying to sell this slogan to City Hall for years. They're not biting. They're not biting. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, you are mostly uh, a. Uh, what's your passion? Because right now you're mostly bottle service, right? As far as DJing, yeah. Uh, to be honest, my biggest passion in DJing is like touring with artists, like playing shows. Like being like a part of a live show with an artist is like to me like the best shit. I do love playing like clubs. I think that's an energy you don't get playing like maybe more intimate things or like cool events. Like the club is like, you know, if it's cracking and it's a, a big club and it's sold out, like that's like high energy. And I, I do love that, which is something I do love about uh, performing live with artists is like that energy is like. Like, there's no feeling in the world that matches, like, killing a live set in front of, like, 5,000 people. Like, that, you can't. If you could bottle that and sell it, like, that feeling, you'd be <laughs> a billionaire. Dude, I, uh, so, so what's your, um, how did you ever start to doing a tour, tour DJing with artists? Like, how does that even come about? Somebody's a DJ. Give us a little rundown. You're a DJ. Oh, shit. I mean, that, I had, like, a weird journey, I guess. Like, I was just a kid and got uh, started working with this artist in Chicago who at the time, like, had a, a couple really big songs out that was, like, Fool's Gold wanted to sign and, like, M.I.A. wanted to sign. And so I started playing shows with him, and that's when people, I think, started kind of be like, oh, like, that kid, Matt Boy White, is dope. Like, he, like, is rocking in front of these big, big crowds and stuff and, like, on the mic, doing, like, the hype man shit, scratching, like, all the so show stuff. So then um, the artist who I currently play with, um, 
who we haven't been touring much this year because he's working on his next album. But uh, his name's Holt. He used to go by Hollywood Holt. And uh, when he was Hollywood Holt, like, he kind of saw, he kind of, like, stole me, so to speak, from this other artist I was working with because we weren't working a lot at the time. He was like, well, yo, like, I got these tours coming up, like, with, like, Fall Out Boy and, like, these other, like, big tours. Like, you, you should be my DJ. You know, I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's do it. Um, and, that, and, like, he, to me, to this day, is, like, one of the best live performers ever uh, as far as, like, rap and shit goes that, like, this whole current trend of, like, rap shows trying to be, like, hardcore shows, like, mosh pitting and crowd surfing and all that, like, mm -hmm. he was doing that in, like, 2008, oh, you know, wow. when, when all rap shows were still, like, very boring to watch, you know? So, like, I think he really set, um, like, I, he's, you know, they say, like, the people who start the trends don't really get credit because by the time it breaks mainstream, like, no one even really, like, thinks to go back that far. Like, uh -huh. I really do believe that he was one of the people that um, kind of created that trend. And that, I, I say all that to say this, that like working with him gave, really gave me that perspective on like, yo, like it's one thing to go and DJ and play tracks, but it's another thing to like put on a show while you're doing so, like really right. bringing your personality to the stage and like amplifying it like tenfold. Right, yeah, you know, um, so being a tour DJ, did that, did that help you become a better like, bottle service DJ or even nightclub DJ or does the the, the the nightclub background help you be a better tour DJ which you know, one helped it, you it, it was a it, it was a bit of a culture shock for me going when I started playing like the big bottle service spots and like you know that kind of crowd I wasn't used to that scene and I wasn't used to like um, that kind of programming so there was an adjustment period for me uh, where I was like I was trying to plug in a formula that I knew worked for everything I had been doing the last few years and realizing that maybe that doesn't translate as well as I thought it would or should. Um, but I think overall performance DJing, like tour DJing, um, gives you a better understanding of like what people want to be entertained by. Like, mm -hmm. like as an overall package of like an entertainment value, like it gives you that idea that, that you can take, that's what it took me a while was to take, okay, like I want to translate this way of thinking into this scene, but like I was just trying to shove everything over and it's like, that's not how, like you have to pick and be like, okay, well this aspect of it could translate, you know, right. this aspect could translate. And then I spent the last few years like trying to like polish better and like understand better the kind of bottle service scene, you know, and but still put my own like kind of style on it and my mm -hmm. own like taste because you don't want to sound like you know everybody else that's coming and playing the same, you same know, forty song. hit records, right? Like, right. So, uh, yeah, I think that like I feel like my mic work is like much, like much at a higher level than like a lot of other guys I I play with mm -hmm. or like am around. And that's not to knock them. They they might be better at something else than I am, right. you know, but um like I feel like mic work and, and I I learned it firsthand from people that I really admire, you know, like I think it's such an important part of club DJing mm -hmm. that is so underutilized because there's guys like a lot of hip hop guys and like more of like an East Coast style. I feel like it's to be like constantly on the mic. Like you like play a song, drop it out, say some shit, 
drop in new song and then like you're talking throughout the whole song like nobody wants to hear that shit it's annoying yeah it's just like an ego stroke for the dj yeah but to like to know how to use the mic as a proper accessory and like a proper tool to like get more out of your set at the right time saying the right thing not overdoing it like playing that balance is like to me just as important as like playing the right song at the mm -hmm. right time you know yeah that's 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 really cool to to watch a DJ when he's on the mic and doing it well I mean that's that is giving you it, it takes it to another level I think it, it's giving out an energy mm -hmm. um, and I don't I think I don't think that yeah I've definitely seen it done wrong a lot yeah you know, a lot of people, people do it wrong. talk way too much to me I think the guys who do it best are guys that do have tour experience like with artists um, like one of the guys I think has some of the best two two guys I can name off the top of my head in Chicago that have the best mic work to me are DJ Oreo who is right now Little Yachty's DJ but before that was Chance's DJ and Els who is Lil Dicky's DJ who's a good friend of mine but like their mic work is just like impeccable and I think it comes from that like when you're playing a stadium tour and playing for like 30,000 people in a, in a fucking stadium mm -hmm. like you really have to know how to command that energy and like and, and direct the room with not only the music but the mic and I think like like that's the thing you can translate into the club you mm -hmm. know which I've seen both of them do and like I, I feel like I do as well so you know I think what a, I think it seems like also part of being a tour DJ as well and one of the things that maybe helped you learn when and when not to talk on the mic is because you have somebody else there that I mean, this is you know we talk about an artist. Every every DJ has an ego, so yeah. getting that off the, out there in the front forefront too. Every DJ has an ego, but who else has egos? Artists. Oh, artists right? are the biggest egos. So <laughs> okay, wait. So you I gotta, can't I gotta stop yeah. you because the thing I learned right away, and, and I I was fortunate in my opinion to come up under people that were like my big brothers. Mm -hmm. So like, I had an ego, but it was crushed because like I'm working with like my, my older brothers type mm -hmm. figures so it's right. not like my peer that i can be like well no da, 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 da. they're like i'm like even outside of work that's still like a little brother big brother kind of relationship but also uh i found out really early on that everything that goes wrong in a live set is the dj's fault whether or not <laughs> it's your fault like one of like maybe like the third big shows i played was uh the first artist i played for we were we did a, a bone thug show mm -hmm. and I walk out and like it's like 5,000 people and I'm like fuck you know like and I go out there by myself there's nothing else on stage you just walk up there by yourself and that was like I had never experienced that where it's like it's just you up there like you know don't fuck up yeah and I went up there and like I played a good opening set and then he comes out we're killing our set but there's um, the stage monitors there I had no monitor I had no booth mm -hmm. so the stage is huge it's a really big venue so the, the all the monitors are way up front and I can't hear shit mm -hmm. so I'm just like doing the best I can to, to, under, to hear what he's telling me in between songs. Yeah. And we had a part of the show where it was like old school versus new school because we were playing a Bone Thug show. So we would, I would like drop like a really big hit record for whatever time that was and people would sing along and then we would drop like a really classic like hip hop record and people would sing along. And it was just like, a, it was like a part of the show and there was a, a, a part where he told me, I thought he told me to drop it out, like cut it. Mm -hmm. But he said something else. So when I cut it, it was super awkward. But I'm like, okay, he said to cut it, so I cut it. But it was like in the middle of the verse, and people were singing, so it was like, eh, 
like and it wasn't at like a dope dropout point it was just like yeah. a random point and it caused this like super weird like awkward moment and he kind of didn't know what to do i kind of didn't know what to do but like he you know was like quick with it on his feet because he was like a, you know, a professional artist he's like yo like mad boy what the fuck was that Come on, man. Everybody <laughs> tell Mad Boy to get it together. So 5,000 oh people booed God. me. And I'm like, I'm like 19 at the time. And I'm like, fuck, you know? Like, and I was really beating myself up about it. Like the whole rest of the show, I was just like, fuck, 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 you know? And yeah. then we got backstage and I was like, man, I'm sorry. Like, da -da -da, I, I couldn't even just say there's no money. He was like, no, dude, we killed it. That was a great set. And I was like, well, what the fuck was that about then? He's like, oh, I mean, like, it was an awkward moment. I had to, like, make it funny. So yeah. like, and, like, I'm not going to take the L. Like, I'm the artist. <laughs> so, like, you're the DJ. You're going to take the L. And I'm yeah. like, oh. And I, so I kind of, like, learned that lesson right away. And I was like, yo, like, artists definitely have egos. But also, as a DJ on a, for an artist, you're an accessory to their show. Right. Like, you're, it's not your show. Like, right. they're not billed. You know? So, like, it's really, they're the boss. And, what, like, you're just there to make them look the best you can. Mm -hmm. You know? So... And, and, but then again, the, the mic work though. So you can't be stepping over the lyrics at the same time that they're supposed to be singing. You got rehearsal, to come in rehearsal, at the rehearsal. Right yeah, like, because yeah. the, the longer you work with an artist, like, me and Holt have like a really good, um, I think, uh, what's that word? The rapport? Not rapport, uh, energy. Like, uh, we're like, okay. we click. Yeah, like, we just have a really good, um, a chemistry. Chemistry, that's the word. Sorry, I had a brain fart. Um, but because we've been working together for years, yeah. you know, and we've been in all, we played shitholes, we played huge state, like we played everything in between. So like, we just know, like, it's like instant, you know, mm -hmm. like we know exactly where to go, da -da -da -da, what to do, what to say. But that takes a long time to get that like chemistry with an artist. I think, I don't think it always just happens right away. And if it doesn't happen, it's like, you have to rehearse the fuck. Like, I think the best shows are the ones that are rehearsed to the very detail, like to the tiniest detail, but it looks so organic that you can't tell. Everything looks like it's off the cuff, mm -hmm. but really that was like weeks of rehearsing, like rehearsing to make it like look so seamless, but seem so casual, mm -hmm. you know? Um, because like it's super easy to like fuck up the vibe of a set if you're like talking while they're talking or like you, you're not really coordinating on what's yeah. what or like if you do a dropout but they're taking a breath so now there's nothing you know playing mm -hmm. but I, that just comes I think with rehearsal and then over time you start to get to know each other so well on like the working level that it, it gets much easier yeah yeah and uh, but then that that kind of uh, awareness of where you come into play and speak speaking and speech and stuff definitely probably helps you be a more reserved but at the mm -hmm. same until it's the right time on the microphone right yeah the live set and I some of these djs that are just going ape shit on the mic i don't think they've ever played for artists before so they are the artist yeah so now you got a multiplier there where they think they're the big guy right right, right. and they're in this club so they just talk a lot yeah and, and nobody wants to hear that shit i don't care who you are you know like because mm -hmm. like the really big dudes like the diplos and the vices and shit like they they get on the mic but they know not like in their their people are actually paying a lot of money to come see them and still they know that nobody wants to hear them talk the whole fucking time right you know so it's like it's funny when like some kind of like more like beginner guys will think that like this is my you know people are here to see me and it's like no dude like i don't care who you are if you sit there and talk more or you fuck up the vibe like no one wants to hear that and, yeah. like you're not like no one's gonna feel your set uh the worst is celebrities that come to do like 
quote unquote DJ sets, yeah. which is usually them bringing a DJ while they just talk on the mic. Like, <laughs> dude, I play. I opened for CeeLo one time. Oh and wow, it was the worst thing ever. Wow. Like, and I'm a huge CeeLo fan. Yeah, like, and it was just like, dude, what the fuck is this? Like, I was with the lighting guys at the show, and we were like, yo, <laughs> like, uh, he was weird. just screaming, like screaming at people the whole time uh-huh. over the mic, and like singing along to like every song but like dropping it out so like it's like you can't even hear the song you're just like hearing him sing it it was so bad wow yeah and i was just like that weren't his songs or were they his no they weren't no he was playing like don't stop believing Mm -hmm. and then like like singing over that but it was just like in between he'd be like just yelling at you like every two seconds oh man like stop yelling at me (laughs) (laughs) that's funny man uh so um chicago how do you what how do you feel about chicago uh, you tell me it's the best city um, in the fucking world. In the world, <laughs> so obviously there's a side of Chicago that some people that are not in Chicago hear of a lot. You know, like um, so. How do you think that there's an exaggeration, or do you think that there's a problem going on with some of the violence in Chicago and stuff? Oh, it's a very real problem. I mean, the thing is that it gets. Exp- I wouldn't say. It get it gets like portrayed. It gets exploited a lot. Right. Like that you know, like people skip over like the cultural aspects of Chicago and want to just like make it sound like we live in like a war zone. Yeah. Which if you live in if you know you grew up in certain areas, that's that is the case. Yeah. You know, and it's like there's also a lot of segregation in Chicago. Like it, that's something that everyone lives here that can feel mm-hmm. that it's like yo know, there's rich spots and poor spots you know and like a lot of the violence uh is mostly in the poor spots so like it's not like it's spilling out everywhere but it's it's fucked up they're not getting a lot of help to the areas that need it the the right help you know but it's it's very real like fourth of july weekend i was at a barbecue and it got shot up like oh wow and like uh maybe two months ago uh, a good friend of mine who curates a lot of events in chicago with like a lot of big brands he did a, a event at Soho House, which is like an exclusive, like members only, like fancy spot. They went to get tacos in his neighborhood after that, where he grew up, and his car got shot up. Like on mistaken identity shit, some girl got hit in the stomach. Like oh, wow. these are these are things that like, like we grew up not balling, you know. Like we grew up dealing with this shit. Like I was getting in fights and we were getting shot at when I was a kid, but we've also like a lot of my friends and I have like grown up and gotten out of that, and like now we're doing like much cooler shit with our lives yeah. that are like that are, aren't associated with that at all and it's still a risk like yeah. it's still something that could happen at any time any place mm-hmm. you know like it's not a like it's not a city to like fuck around in and it's like you do want to be on your p's and q's and again like there's people who live in bubbles in this city that never leave those bubbles mm-hmm. that never experience any of that but like for like those that like we grew up here and like have interacted in like all different levels of the culture in the city, not just like the bubbles. Uh, it's still real. Like it's it, shit could just happen, you know. And it's and it's gone in like a second. You know, it's not yeah. like it's it's not something that's like you wake up, you know. And, I, and again, I'm sure I don't want to discredit people who do live in like very stressful environments of like constant like fear and like stuff like that. But like even just if you're just living like. A normal life you're not looking for violence like you're you're going to work and you're you know doing cool shit it could still find a way to you you yeah. know like it's it's not but like 
I think it does get played up a lot on the media for the wrong reasons. Right. And I think that Chicago has so many more other things that we could be showcasing mm-hmm. than that aspect. But it is something you have to like actively think about. Like, okay, do I need to be going? Like, it's not always like, oh, if I go here, something's going to happen. But like, okay. I know what could happen if I go here, right. if I do this, or you know, blah blah blah. Right. So, and and some people unfortunately don't get a chance to say like, oh, I don't want to go there because they have to go there. They live there, yeah. you know. Like it's yeah. it's not something that everyone gets to avoid. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, like there's shootings downtown sometimes. There's robberies downtown, and that's like the nice area of the city, you know. Like it it could really happen anywhere, and it's just kind of like, don't be an idiot. Be on your p's and q's, and like. Just be cool. Like, I always just feel like being cool is the easiest way to, like, avoid shit. You yeah, know, like, definitely. don't don't go, like, it's not a place that people from out of town can come swing their dick around. Like, like Soldier Boy had to get pulled off a show here last year at, like, a, a fancy bottle service spot downtown because he had been talking shit to people over Twitter from Chicago. Mm. And they were like, like, cool, we're going to pull up on you. Like, this, like, this yeah. is not a place you can do that at. Yeah, you know, like we don't fuck around. Wow. <laughs> like, wow, yeah. I mean, that's that's uh, it's interesting, you know. Uh, that that it's such um, that that. I mean, it still sounds a little. It's, it sounds a little wild, you know, to someone that from the outside looking in, listening to this program, probably too, you know, that it's just like wow, like okay, so like it, it is real, like it's super real, you know, like yeah. uh, it is blown out of proportion to an extent. I think the problem is that people don't talk about it, yeah. you know, in a proactive kind of way. I think that's the problem is that there's the conversations that are talked about Chicago violence on a on like a more of a mainstream platform mm-hmm. are are used for exploitive purposes, right? To to highlight like some bad things that are going on, but it's never with the purpose of like, well, what are we doing to fix it? Right? right. What programs are like? Where's our budget going? Um, just yesterday in the news, there was all this stuff about Chance because he went to a city council meeting right now. They're trying to give $95 million to open up a, uh, a new cop uh, academy mm-hmm. on the west side because they think that's going to help train the police force better to deal with the violence. But as our schools are getting shut down, as uh, mental health facilities are getting closed, as like after school programs are like getting defunded, all because of this budget issues that our city does have, all of a sudden they were able to find ninety-five million dollars to go and to go build a swimming pool and like a library for cops. And it's like that's not there's like there's a lot of political shit happening here right now. Yeah. And like because of the violence, like it's easy to swing an iron hammer to, to deal with these problems. Like you have Trump talking about not to get too political on your podcast, but like you're talking about sending in like the military and stuff yeah. like that when it's like the communities here aren't getting the cultural backing that they need to thrive. You yeah. know, like we don't have a lot of um, things for kids to do. Mm-hmm. And when they don't have shit to do and they're in, in an environment that could, could lead them the wrong way, like that's what's going to happen a lot of the time. And like, until we address those matters, which is what like, if people want to talk about Chicago violence, like I only want them to talk about like, preventative measures mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. and then things that could be getting done to, to yeah. stop it yeah you know? like how many how many new um you know parks and after school programs have started you know like, yeah like exactly. recently you know things of that nature not many i'm assuming no so. and and there are budgetary issues but like there it's just like to- talking about something for the sake of scaring people isn't going to yeah, but I mean, you know what's crazy is like, was this the second biggest city in the yeah. United States, right? Yeah. So I mean, even even if you, 
even if you um, even if you did took uh, people hate to be taxed but unfortunately you know it's real you gotta pay some money into something to get mm -hmm. something you know but I think that you know if people build it as hey you know, you'll have a little bit more peace of mind if you chip in yeah. to make some other people have a better time. You know what I, I mean? I mean, we could like we could do a whole another podcast series on the fucked yeah. up budget crisis in Chicago yeah. and Illinois in general. But it's really it's not the people that aren't willing to help; yeah. it's the politicians, right? Like they're really yeah. they're really fucking us in a lot of ways. And uh, I will say, like, I love this city. I will never like leave this city. But like, it's not always dope. On the like the political side, right? Um, and the government side. Right. Uh, like, would you ever? Wanna, that, would you yeah. ever like? Okay, so you're young now, you yeah. know, and you're passionate about this city. Yeah. So would we be able to look back on this podcast twenty years from now and see like Councilman well, Matt Boy White? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I have ever, no interest ever? in ever getting into politics. I don't trust politicians. I don't participate in government. But that's how you could change it. Um. Yes and no. I, I feel like it's, especially in a city like Chicago, there's so much corruption that it's like the whole, like, what is the thing from Batman? Like, either, <laughs> either uh, what is it? Uh, be, die a villain? Die, or die, die a hero or live yeah. long enough to see yourself be the villain, you know? Yeah. And I really do believe that, that that stems from, like, a real um, energy. And I, I, I'm more so, like, what can I do as Matt to help, you know, mm -hmm. like... Um, I want to set up a scholarship program for like the arts and shit. Like mm -hmm. I, I want to do things that I can be in control of yeah. that I don't need to go to anybody else for that. I don't need to play into a system that I feel like is a, is a failing system yeah. to get things done. Like I'm not going to be able to fix everything. I, I don't have the power, the money or, or yeah. the infrastructure to, to make big changes, but I can control my universe mm -hmm. and what I'm around and like where I see I can be a benefit to. I, I, I give my time, which I think mm -hmm. is the most important thing. Yeah. And, and I try to give money when I can. Right. So you think that, so it sounds like, uh, you, I love what you said about the, uh, the scholarship program. You know, I mean, even changing one life at a time is important. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and is a big deal because that person may be the one that has, that eventually has the reach that can you know, get to yeah. mul multiple people as, you know, so you helped one that well, in the end will yeah, be able to help I, multiple. I went to a private school here for high school, uh, but it's an art school. Mm -hmm. So at the time, it was the only art school in, like, the Midwest, you know, that was for high school. And since then, they have opened a public art school here, which is great. But the school I went to was just a very special, like, place, a very, like, unique community. And I was on a really bad path when I started going there from like the previous schools I was at and just like getting mixed up in dumb shit and like just not doing like smart things. And that school really redirected me and really put me on the path to which I'm at today as far as DJing and stuff goes that like, um, I feel like it's a very valuable asset to like a kid who could really alter their life being there because um, it is a private school, there's tuition, but a lot of kids like myself that went there are on full ride scholarships. Mm -hmm. So I come to find out as a, uh, I, I spoke with the head of the school there recently, that tuition is like almost doubled since I went there 10 years ago, you know? And so I'm like, okay, like some of these kids that really should be in this environment, because it's really a hands-on environment. It's not just like testing scores and like in and out, like it's really cultivating like artists and, and students that I'm like, if it had that, I really do feel like it had that much of an impact on me. Like that's something that I would love to like 
pass forward mm-hmm. you know so like i mean like you said if it's just one kid that gets their life like affected in a positive way like that kid could go on to fucking cure cancer you know yep. like yep. not that that's gonna happen in an art school but like yeah. like the point being that like if, if you if you really invest into like the youth and really invest in kids that want to like do something and make a difference then like that's not a that's not a wasted investment ever because yeah. you're, you're, they're they're good kids and they're gonna do something yep yeah well, that's cool, and I think that we'll probably be touching base with you again in the future as soon as you have, because uh, it sounds like you'll be doing some really neat stuff. I know that you're planning on organizing some events as well, probably, or some kind of being involved in things. Yeah, that, but I'm we don't. to do something. Right, exactly. <laughs> so we'll keep people up to date on that in the future. Now, real quick, let's get, uh, uh, we're going to change it to a more lighthearted subject here. And I'm about to eat this donut. Where where did we get this donut? We got from? this donut from Fire Cakes Donuts, which is on Hubbard Street in River North, Chicago. Um, and it's I'm I'm partially biased because the residencies I hold, the people who own those clubs also own this donut spot. But it's it's one awards. Steve Harvey has called it the best donut in the world. I just but you didn't it. get the award-winning donut, I have to say. I didn't. No. The, I got glaze. I'm simple. Yeah, the glaze is good. I've had it, but there's that white one I showed you with the little, like, pearls on top, mm-hmm. is that's the one that wins all the awards. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I had the peanut butter. I wish I would have saved it to eat it right now. We could have ate it together. You want pieces? No, no, no. I'm good. I'm yeah. Good. So I'm trying this glazed donut. Which is huge. It is really huge. Bigger than a compact disc. Yes, to give you perspective. I should have <laughs> took a picture. I'm gonna put a picture of it on the blog for the post. But uh, so yeah, you're. Um, this is amazing. So give me Mad Boy White's must visit spots in Chicago. Oh shit. Okay. As far as food. As far as uh, anything. Okay. I'll give you my my list. Um, as far as pizza, because that's the first thing people want to talk about in Chicago is like pizza. If you want like the Chicago deep dish, like traditional pizza, Pequod's. P-E-Q-U-O-D-S is, to me, the illest pizza spot as uh, for deep dish. It's not like a tourist spot. It's not like, you know, like, yeah, there's like, because you have your Giordano's and your Lumalnati's, which are like the big ones, which are good. I do like them, but they're more like mainstream. Like, that's where a lot of the tourists go. Like, it's, it's a franchise or everywhere. There was a way. I didn't even eat there last night because I no. thought like Dave Chappelle was playing there. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, is no, there? Like it's, <laughs> it's, especially the ones I'm downtown get for crazy. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, that's where everybody goes. That's what everyone knows about. Mm-hmm. But Pequod's, which is on the north side, um, to me is like way better. They caramelize the crust and burn it. So like the end of the crust is like caramelized and burnt and it's still a deep dish. And it's just, it's like eating cornbread with like sauce on top, but it's so fucking fire. There's also um, a spot, which is escaping me right now, but they do pizza pot pies mm. in, Link- in Lincoln Park, which is really dope. Uh, Peace Pizza which is on North Avenue in Wicker Park, is my favorite for just, like, your regular, like, thing. You know, like, not deep dish, just, like, regular mm-hmm. pizza. It's so good. Um, taco spots, like, I love a Totonioco, which is in Pilsen. Um, I love La Vaca for tacos. Uh, where we ate, Mercadito is pretty good if you, like, want, like, more of a fancy, like, downtown taco. Mercadito is great. Yeah, Soul Taco, which is also downtown, is, like, a Korean barbecue spot. Or, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, what's that, Korean, you know what I'm talking about. Korean food. Korean, yeah, like, bap and shit like that. Like, okay. It's so good. Um, things to do, places to go. 
I'm personally gonna say Studio Paris because that's where my residency is. It's like one of the top clubs in the city. Right. Not to toot my own horn, but right. uh, like if you're if you like bottle service, like the three big clubs are Studio Paris, Underground, and Prism. Um, as far as like just cool, really unique Chicago spots to go to, um, East Room is definitely like the staple of like the cultural like music community here. Like that's where you're gonna see like Chance and his boys just like hanging out, you know, for fun. Like and like anybody who's like kind of like on the music scene successfully in Chicago, like that's like the spot we all go to and just like chill and like I show up there. It's just a it's a really cool kind of like punk spot. Like it just. It's not like a lot of like structure and stuff. It's just like a kind of big room that um, doesn't have a lot of like design element to it. But like I'll show up there after my club gigs downtown, like drunk, and just hop on and do like a thirty minute set for fun. And you know, like it's just like cra- it's crazy. Like mm-hmm. I I try to bring a lot of my out of town friends there on like a weekend because it's just like you have. To, it's like when you see it, that's like Chicago. It's like a perfect like timestamp of like the scene here and like the like just the overall like energy of chicago wow yeah wow. Like, and like manny fresh did a set there last week and big uh birdman came through and it was just like Damn. you know what like in this like little kind of like divey spot like it's like birdman and manny fresh dj like, it was that's so, so awesome yeah and there's, there's just a lot of cool shit like that happens there constantly and it's just um they, they've gotten really successful so now there's like a crazy line there every night of the week but holler at fatty at the door he'll take care of you Nice. <laughs> nice. Good tip there. So, dang, that's great. We have food places uh, to go to. We have our clubs to go to. Oh, some, some shopping. Yes. Uh, Ken, stop at that shopping. I got, I got a, my, my family juggernaut, which is like a streetwear boutique downtown. Uh, I, I worked out when I was a kid, and I'm just like my best friend owns it, and it's just like a really ill. They've done collabs with like Wiz Khalifa and like a bunch of other like huge artists like they've worked like Macklemore and like all these other dudes um St. Alfred which is in Wicker Park is like a really ill sneaker store uh RSVP Gallery which is owned by Virgil and Don C out of Kanye's camp uh that's in Wicker Park also so like those are some definite spots to hit when you're here as far as like if you're into like sneakers and gear and shit like that dope so that is an amazing list of things to do and it will take you probably a couple trips if you wanted to come to, to Chicago to actually get through that list. So that's an amazing thing. It's bring map- a jacket. <laughs> Dude. Raj <Rush> didn't. <laughs> I, did, I did not bring a jacket. I brought a hoodie. I was like, yeah. okay, maybe I'll be, be, I'll be fine. And then I, I, the cold started whooping my ass last night. People, need, people need to know, if you come to Chicago between October and like June, anywhere from October to June, it's a crapshoot of what kind of weather you're gonna get. It could be 70 degrees and sunny one day, and then like literally that same day in the afternoon, it's like 20 degrees and snowing. And oh. then the next day, it'll be like negative 10 degrees. Like oh, we man. get, people, if you're listening, Chicago gets negative 20 degree weather. Don't fucking not bring a jacket. <laughs> like you never nope. know when it's coming. Don't do what I did. Come out of nowhere. The only safe months are June, July, and August. Everything else is up for grabs. Oh, my like, God. Well, now I know. So I did buy a jacket while I was here. 
I bought a uh, a little face mask thing from Nike, and so that has kept me warm because I wear the jacket over the over the hoodie. Yeah, I'm good for now, you know. And I did buy gloves, but I it's don't not think super I'll need bad it. right now. So no, not not out. yet. Yeah, but I mean, shit. You said tomorrow morning it's supposed to snow, right? Yeah, our Uber driver told us tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning it's supposed whack. to snow and be like 30 degrees. Well, tomorrow I fly out to head out. I wish I was here on the weekend so I could check out some of those spots. Yeah, uh, I will next be, time. We'll yeah, I will. I will be back here again. But uh, I'm. Thanks for your time today. We really course, appreciate man. it. Thanks for having me on the Raji Rabbit podcast with my friend Matt Boy White. Skrr, skrr. And snow it did. I left uh, Chicago that next morning, and it was snowing. You can check that out on my Instagram at Raji Rabbit Picks. You can see a recap of my Chicago trip. I made like a little 59 second video. It's pretty rad. Check it out. Make sure you follow Matt Boy White on Instagram and on his social medias too. Uh, he's a great guy. And check out his shows if you are ever around a Matt Boy White show. Check it out. And remember guys, Chicago, bring a coat if you go. Also, I'd love to uh, ask you guys to please rate and subscribe to my podcast on iTunes. Uh, please leave a rating. It only takes a little bit of time to log on and add a five-star rating and please leave a comment as well when you write a review of the podcast it really just helps me out uh, as far as uh, things go in my life so i really appreciate it if you log on to itunes subscribe and rate the raji rabbit podcast i am on the road heading out to pennsylvania tomorrow so i will talk to you later